but today in space. I guess we talk about everything. it's been i'm alex Rafanos, your host as always and i can't believe it's been only a week since the last episode so much has happened between us celebrating the launch of the perseverance rover uh going to mars i mean it's 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 insane um we're, we're going to cover some of that stuff here point you in the right direction for some of the things i'm going to talk about uh some of the stuff i enjoyed from watching the launch from this weekend and then uh, we're going to talk about the the new Starship updates, and first we're going to talk about the Galileo rocket project. So we have we have made some progress with that. So for anyone that's new to the podcast or or uh, just catching up, we started this summer uh, the summer rocket project. We're making a model rocket, and we're trying to what we did is we we I have a SpaceX model rocket here. Um, I also have uh, an Estes uh, Alpha 3. So s- simple stuff, right? We're not trying to do anything crazy. But you guys have been involved in the design process and in us making this rocket, right? Um, so we've had some some live streams where we did some designing. And we got to the point where we've designed our first rocket engine. Uh, and it's called the Galileo rocket because you guys helped vote for that. So um, we're, we're getting you guys involved at all steps of the process. And this week we actually have hardware to show you. So here is the first version basically of, of the uh, Galileo rocket motor engine. So, uh, and the mount really. The engines are going to be the same things you would get for model rockets. Uh, you can, you know, ABC uh, and higher motors. Um, so different, different thrusts. Um, basically, this one was designed for A through C motors, uh, and and what we found out through the kind of designing with you guys uh, and some people who are definitely more experienced in this than I am was you know how are we gonna hold the rocket engine in place, and so the thing that we came up with was starting there. Let's start at the really the major problem, which is holding that engine in place. It's where all our control is going to come from. And so we made this little design, this mount, to kind of test out the design. That's the beautiful thing about 3D printing, which obviously we do here uh, at the podcast a lot. We've got all of our props. We've got our Starship. We've got our Starhopper. And, of course, whoops, we've got our Crew Dragon capsule. So... Here we have the Galilee engine. Uh, we 3D printed this in PETG filaments. It's the same stuff that you. Uh, a lot of people have been 3D printing uh, PPE for coronavirus in. Uh, and it's also uh, the plastic you'll find in your, you know, those uh, disposable uh, water bottles. You know, that, that's, a, that's a great one uh, to use it for. Face shields. If you see anyone with a face shield, that's usually PETG. We added a thread to the bottom, so basically the idea is we're going to put the store-bought engine inside and then screw this in place uh, so that the rocket fits, and we're able to securely do that. Now, we're going to do, we're going to do some testing, obviously. I, I'm, I'm not sure if this plastic is going to be able to hold up, and if it does, for how long? Uh, one of the other things... So, it, first of all, if you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel, please go there, subscribe, Hit the bell so that you get updates every time we have an episode out. If you do that, you can actually see what we're working with here. So, get the microwave, uh, the uh, microphone out of the way here. So, um, I'm going to bring this up closer. Oh, wow. This is a little more difficult than I thought it was going to be. 
All right, here we are. <laughs> here we are. So you can see here the engine motor is going to go here. This little circle here is where you would put the engine mount and then screw this in. Now, this engine mount, this top part, is actually going to be incorporated into the bottom of the rocket. So just like you can see here, we've got the SpaceX engine here. This is going to, in our final design, actually be a part of the body itself um, so that we can more easily incorporate this. And then we only have two pieces as far as the body and the bottom of this engine to hold to hold the engine in. Um, we're going to do some more live streams. We're going to talk about that. We're going to design it with you guys. So so please, the best way to, to follow that is to follow us on any of our social medias, right? Uh, we've got Today in Space Pod on Instagram and Twitter. We've got uh, TikTok. We're over at Today in Space. And then our Facebook page, which we've been going live on mostly, uh, is Today in Space podcast. So make sure to follow there. You'll see when we'll go live next. And be a part of this. You know, we, we've already, you've already helped us name this. We're already at the point where, with your feedback uh, of where we want to go with this rocket. Um, so I'm excited to do that. We're still looking for a place to launch. And, and what, what I want to recommend to everybody, and this is, this is something I, I learned, reach out to people locally, right? If you have a t if you live in a town, if you live in a city, reach out to the people that are, that are at the local level. There there's some really great people out there. I called my local uh community manager, had a great conversation and basically we were trying to figure out is can we launch this rocket in in my hometown? There's we talked about last time, there's a local airport. So a lot of the town is no fly zone. So uh the great advice I got from him and this and this goes for anything, not just local government and the people in your town and stuff like that, but also anyone who actually knows what they're talking about, right? Just asking questions can help so much. You're recommended, you know, to check out some local uh, model rocket clubs because they already know the locations that you can you can launch in and stuff like that. So um, I'm really excited to get more involved in that. I'm going to be reaching out probably this week to, to see if there's any clubs out there that are still doing stuff and really where we can go launch this stuff because... What I'm really excited to start bringing content from that, right? Show you guys where we are with each step. We can start uh, sharing some rocket science, actual rocket science, um, and we can have a little bit more fun launching stuff here on this podcast. So obviously all that stuff is heavy on the visuals. So of course, one more plug for the YouTube page. Go check that out today in space. The other thing that's cool with the Galileo Project on that content front is, you know, one of the things we see with a lot of the launches and broadcasts, which we saw this weekend with Demo 2, and the Perseverance launch is a way to actually capture video. So we found a crazy deal, and we were able to get a, a, a drone with a camera on it. Uh, it's a Parrot Bebop drone. Um, we got it refurbished off eBay, a uh, really good deal for that. And I got to play around with a drone. I got to fly it. It's a little weird uh, having not a not an actual controller, but I did it through my iPhone and just did it with a touchpad, which worked. Uh, and you can actually see that video on our Instagram page. But uh, I'm super excited about that because not only could we get some video, but I think we can incorporate some kind of a recovery system down the line where the drone can actually help not only capture video of the rocket so we can learn more about the performance and design along the way, but we may be actually able to catch 
the parachute that's coming down, similar to what Rocket Lab has has thought of with an actual helicopter and catching the first stage rocket as it comes back down. And I know I'm not the only person on the internet that's trying this, but the value for today in space is you guys get to be a part of the whole process. So we're working on different ways uh, to give you guys access. If you have any ideas, please reach out. We're always happy to get your feedback and hear what you're looking for from us so we can provide that value to you for your one-stop shop for all things space and science at Today in Space. So feel free to reach out to us, like I said, on all our social media, and you can always email us at todayinspacepodcast at gmail.com. So that's been a lot of fun. We're going to find a launch zone soon, and I'll be getting those rocket engines here in a little bit. As always, all this stuff is really made possible by our 3D printing uh, with AG3D. So uh, that's what funds this podcast. That's what gives us the funding. We 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 take on jobs throughout the the year, and and we do we uh, we bring 3D printing as a service to people, so to help them do whatever it is, whether it's a prototype or a design, a product. I mean, we have our Etsy page where uh, the profits from that go to the podcast. So if you have any kind of 3D printing stuff that you need or you know anybody, more importantly, if you know anybody, um, you know, not everybody necessarily needs 3D printing, send them our way, ag3d-printing.com and at ag3dprinting on Instagram so you can just see what we're doing, even if you're just interested in learning more. That's what we're here for. So, all that stuff aside, there's a lot of stuff that's coming up. Again, like, I can't believe it's only been a week since uh, the last episode, but uh, a lot has happened. It feels like a month. This, this, these times are, are wild, and I really hope you're doing well. Balance is definitely in my, in, in my day-to-day, just, to, just to, to stay as healthy as I can and as mentally sharp as I can. Uh, one of the things that I've been doing to do that uh, is writing in my notebook. You know, the notes I have for this episode... I, I mind map out. That's the technique I've learned over the years. It's really helped. Um, it's kind of shorthand. It's a creative sh- shorthand, basically, where it's a little more, you get to draw a little bit more. It keeps my notes together, put my thoughts, my ideas, my goals. I, I put a post about this on our Instagram page. Um, so I'm super excited that I got a an actual Star Wars-themed one. So I love that as a gift. Thank you so much. Um, and then, of course, I've got, I mean, I've got, I've got tons of these hanging around. I like writing stuff down in a notebook. It, 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 Stuff sticks in my memory better. It's something I learned when I was in college and trying to not take longer than the seven years that it took me to graduate. It, it's it really helped my learning, and it's it's become a tool that's like completely invaluable. And I still, even though it's helped me so much, I still don't use it as much as I should. <laughs> but that's life. That's being a human being, I guess. Anyways, moving forward. This weekend, we had the Demo 2 landing. So basically, astronauts Bob Bankin and Doug Hurley, who launched aboard the Launch America mission back in May, the end of May, and they were up on the space station for two months. NASA decided, let's bring them back home. Uh, it's It's been long enough. We've got some more missions we've got to take care of because after this mission, which was a demonstration that SpaceX could successfully bring astronauts, human beings, not only from Earth to the space station, but also back from space safely. So it was, there was a lot of really great things that happened. Obviously, everyone came back safely. There was a lot of things I learned from this, too. Uh, Some some stats before I get into what I learned. And to go off on another tangent, if you guys have anything that you learned, I would love to know what you got out of this mission. But this is the first time that a spacecraft was recovered from sea for the U.S., Uh, Since 1975, from the Apollo era. So think about that. 
the last time we did this kind of thing was 1975. So it, it, it adds to why it's so important for NASA to work with another company that they're helping develop this for. And, and, and you know, it's funny that not only just the internet got in this debate about new space and old space, about SpaceX versus NASA, and, and that there was a, a, a fight going on. Uh, maybe there may have been individuals in either organization and stuff like that, but this wouldn't have happened if they never, if they didn't work together. And this has been something that's been in, this has been in the works for 10 years. You know, 2010 is when President Obama got this thing started. They they signed this over. So a 10-year journey to get from a young space company, and, and not just them, but also uh, Boeing at the same time. These two companies had to work with the astronauts to develop a system that works for them, not only in the ways that they used to do it, but looks to the future, you know, restarting a whole new era of sending astronauts from American soil into space again. And it was so good to hear back and forth, you know, with all the craziness that's going on this, this weekend and having this launch uh, landing uh, and the conclusion of this mission was so good to hear not only see their success, but to hear from all the teams and the respect that they had for each other. You know, it, it, we don't see a lot of people working together today, and, and teamwork is, is a rare thing in today's world. But we got that with this. We, we, I don't know. I don't know how you guys felt. I, I know from the reactions that I've seen online, uh, you guys are just as excited as I was, if not more. Uh, if that's if that's possible, um, but uh, it, it's something for everybody. It's just to see the dads, as they've been affectionately called, uh, come back safely, and and for this mission to go off with basically no hitch is incredible. And it's a it's a it's a something a lot of us have been waiting for for a very long time. Not only just the return to human spaceflight, but something. There's an added excitement to when humans are involved, and I'm just, I can't thank everybody that's involved with this, from the SpaceX level to the NASA level, uh, to the people that did the broadcasts. Uh, This mission, uh, this return, and this entire two-month mission, but this return was also just a a marathon, right? I mean, they they were, it was a 19-hour trip from undocking from the space station to returning, and, and landing and, and them getting recovered uh, from that. And then another five hours before the astronauts were able to talk and they, they, they were brought back to Texas and, and safely recovered. It was an absolute marathon. And you can see it. You could see it in the people who were doing the broadcast that they were <laughs> exhausted, uh, even even just by the, the splashdown point. So everybody that was involved with this over the 10 years that this has been possible, thank you. I thank you from all of us. Uh, you guys have made history with this, and it's incredible. Let's see. Uh, some of the things that I learned uh, from this was uh, just the recovery process. You know, it, I wasn't alive the last time this was done. This kind of a sea recovery, I've only seen history of it. But it was great to see it live because when you see the history of it, you see the little, you see the important bits. You don't see all the stuff that happens in between. Obviously, some of the madness that happened with the Demo-2 mission this weekend was on a civilian aspect, where uh, if you look back at the footage, you can actually see there were a bunch of civilian boats that got extremely close 
to the spacecraft after it landed in the Gulf of Mexico, right off, right off the coast of uh, Florida. There were so many civilians surrounding that thing, and that's not good for, for long term. But after researching online, apparently there's, you know, like just from the stats, right? It says it happened since 1975. From an air traffic control perspective, it was apparently blasted and very, very clear for people to stay out of the airspace. From a naval and civilian craft perspective, uh, that wasn't there. There, there was, there were boats patrolling and trying to do their best to give a perimeter. But I, they're going to be working on this for sure uh, in the future and making that better. There's a lot of insanity. There were some flags flown, uh, and and uh, some some people with political leanings uh, who were. Who were there, but look, that's that's just the insanity of the human race. So that aside, everyone was safe. Um, one of the things, though, uh, and this is why this perimeter and all this stuff is made in the first place, was because of the fuels that it used. You know, we we saw firsthand with this recovery, which the the Go ship uh, is is amazing. The whole procedure they have for getting the capsule out, the Dragon capsule out of the water, onto a ship, getting the astronauts out of there, and then being able to be helipad, uh, lifted off of the helipad from there to their final location. Uh, that was so cool to see that whole procedure happen. And then the hatch opening, the side hatch opening, to get the astronauts out for the first time, that was a really, I was glued to the TV from that. I don't know about you guys, but that whole procedure of, of, sniffing the air to see if the hypergolic fuel levels were low enough so that it was safe. And and more importantly, I was so it was so cool to see the SpaceX and NASA teams react when the when the capsule first got brought on board, you could see people were thinking and trying to do things and as soon as they got those sensors out, it seemed to check the air, you could see them turning and, and going, okay, we got to get these people out of here. We got to get the PPE on. We got to make sure that we've got clean air to breathe while we uh, do the venting process to make sure that there's no fuel leaks and that everyone's safe. And it was cool to see that live in action. And it, it felt like no time was passing at all. But I, I spent hours this past weekend watching and, 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 and checking out the feeds. It was, it was a lot of fun. And I'm, I'm looking forward to a lot of these coming up in the future. Um, some of the news that's come out about that, Crew-1, which is the next mission, that's that's exciting. We've got three NASA astronauts and one astronaut from the Japan Aerospace Agency, JAXA. Uh, so we have Victor Glover, Mike Hopkins, and Shannon Walker are going to be our NASA astronauts. And Soichi Noguchi is going to be the Japanese JAXA uh, astronaut on board. So they will be on the next Dragon spacecraft, which is most likely on its way to Florida at the moment to get incorporated and tested and, and, and basically integrated for the next flight, which is supposed to be no earlier than late September. So uh, we've got that coming up very, very soon. And that may have been one of the reasons to bring the astronauts back as soon as they did. You know, I think two months is a great amount of time, not only for them to do missions on board, but to also just test the spacecraft. Sure, they could have had it on there longer, but the really cool thing that's going to happen is this same Dragon capsule for Demo 2 and the same Falcon 9 that was used to launch them up there will be reused or are hopefully, according to NASA's plan, 
to be reused for the Crew 2 mission, which will happen after the Crew 1 mission. Um, so basically, now that they've returned and the spacecraft performed as well as you could expect it to, they're going to be qualifying the Falcon 9, getting it reused, and the Dragon capsule ready so that it can become the first, potentially... Actually, I, let me double-check this, because I'm not... I think spacecraft is too general of a word. But, let's see here. It would be the first American space capsule to launch astronauts into orbit twice. So, that's a huge thing. And, if it successfully launches and lands, then it will be the first liquid rocket booster in the world to support two astronaut launches. For So, the Falcon 9 and the Crew Dragon have a tremendous opportunity to make history, even though they already have, there's so much going on. So what I would recommend, check out the links in this week's episode. I, I'm I'm all jazzed up and excited, and it's been a crazy week, and I'm really happy to be here with this be here with you on this episode. But man, has this week been crazy. There's been a lot of good stuff. So check out the links in this week's episode to learn more. I'm here to just say that I'm excited and I want to ask you what you were what you got out of this mission. What what was your did did you find some hope? Did you did you escape from what the world's troubles are today? Do you have a little bit more perspective for the future and and what we could do? Is this human space endeavor giving you hope for the future? I know it is for me. I hope it is for you. But let us know. Reach out to us. The other thing, because if that's not enough, uh, SpaceX, in the same, in the matter of the week, also tested their SN5. We've been talking about it for weeks. The Starship SN5 successfully did its 150 meter hop uh, earlier this week, and it really it, it did it almost flawlessly. I mean, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up this this quick link here, um, but I still cannot fathom just how amazing the time is that we're looking at for space compared to how absolutely insane the world is at the moment. But we we had this incredible hop. Again, we saw with the Starhopper, we saw this same type of test, uh, and the Starhopper is right there in the scene. It's a test stand for these hops, but man, what they've done for basically a, a grain silo with a rocket engine on it, they're, they're doing these parabolic hops and, and developing. And it's, it's really just what SpaceX does really well. It's what Elon Musk and, and his kind of whole process of how he approaches business and technology development, all of this stuff is now in full gear. And Starship while it's being developed, while we do this uh, next Launch America era of space where we're able to actually launch our own astronauts from our, with our own technology in our own country, there's so much to look forward to and see. I'm excited, and I'm rambling here. So I will end this episode uh, saying that I wish you well. I, I hope you find some balance. I hope you get uh, rest Sleep is so important. I'm doing a lot more of that, and I feel much better. Drinking a lot more water. <laughs> and, of course, 
writing down my thoughts because uh, it helps keep me focused. And man, do we need focus uh, in the era of uh, infinite distractions. So I wish you all the best. Please feel free to reach out to us. We'll be getting in touch with you more about the Galileo rocket. Uh, the next step, like we said, is to get some model rocket engines in here and start testing the mount to make sure that it holds up. And if it does, how long? Like how many launches can we get out of a single 3D printed rocket? We will find out. Uh, and of course, we wish SpaceX luck with its Starship, uh, with its Starlink 9 mission, which should be uh, the end of this week here. It looks like it's slated for Friday at the moment. And that's it, folks. Have a great week. Don't forget to follow us on Today in Space Pod on Instagram and Twitter, Today in Space on TikTok, and Today in Space Podcast on Facebook. Look out for a live session where we'll be able to talk more about the Galileo mission, uh, Galileo rocket, where you can get involved and check out what we're doing, and just have a great week. Here's to the future, and be well. Spread love and science. Live long and prosper. See you next time.